and welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Stalter. Alongside me, as always, is John Paulson of 444.com. He's the senior editor of 444.com. What's up, John? Uh, not a whole lot. How are you doing, Anthony? Doing pretty good. Uh, we got fantasy playoffs all week, so it's a big weekend. I know that a lot of people will be listening to the podcast, and uh, I hope that you can we can steer people to victories this weekend in fantasy. Tell us a little bit about the music that helped brought us in. Yeah, that was a, a one-hit wonder. I would describe them as a one-hit wonder. The Flies uh, from 1998. The the track is Got You Where I Want You. It was a modern alt-rock hit. I don't think it crossed over to the mainstream radio pop hit uh, charts. Um, but uh, the band uh, released two albums, and then I think they called it quits. The last album was uh, in 2000. Uh, there's also an acoustic version that's pretty good as well, but I added it to the Most Accurate Podcast playlist. Excellent. All right, let's dive into the Thursday night matchup. I actually thought it was a decent game. It was two bad opponents, obviously. It wasn't one that you'd watch otherwise, but I had it on. I was doing some other work, and I was mildly entertained by Brock Osweiler, who came in and played very well once Trevor Simeon went down with a hand injury. From a fantasy standpoint, what did you take out of last night's game? Well, I was shying away from uh, from Frank Gore because he had the 30-something carries – you know, four days ago, and he's not a spring chicken anymore, and he ends up – did he come back after the knee injury? I know he left the game for a bit with the knee injury, but he ended up uh, with 13 touches for 68 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was predictably um, not so great uh, against the uh, good pass defense of the of the uh, Broncos. They've got some good cornerbacks there, so he only caught four, five for 41. Um, Jack Doyle led the – Colts in receiving with 47 yards. That's not good. Uh, Marlon Mack didn't do much even with Gore, not really playing his full complement of snaps. And then Trevor Simeon, that was kind of a sneaky start because the matchup against the, the, the Colts, and then he comes out, throws a pick right away, and then gets injured. And then Brock Osweiler shows why it's a sneaky start uh, <laughs> by uh, you know throwing two touchdowns and and running one in. Uh, I, I touted... Um, CJ Anderson has a sneaky start this week and he did deliver 30 carries for 158 yards, nothing in the passing game, but uh, you know, 5.3 yards per carry in in a nice matchup with the Colts. Uh, That was, uh, and then that was a game where uh, the the Broncos were leading. So he ends up getting more and more and more uh, carries as the game wears on. And then just kind of a couple of kind of sad lines from Demarius Thomas, five for 69, seven for 68, for Emmanuel Sanders, so decent PPR days there. Uh, not so great in standard, but serviceable, I guess, if you're in your uh, fantasy playoffs and you're going to get six, seven points from your receiver. That's not too bad if it's a standard standard format. Answer your question, Frank Gore missed most of the first half, but he did come back after halftime. Okay. So he, he did play in the second half. Not that either Frank Gore nor Marlon Mack got anything going against Denver's uh, stop front seven. Let's look at the injury updates for week 15. Tyrod Taylor will start with him. Coach Sean McDermott announced that Taylor will start against the Dolphins. Nathan Peterman was concussed. He's already been ruled out. So Joe Webb's going to be Tyrod Taylor's backup. Where do you have Tyrod Taylor ranked right now? Well, I have him at, uh, I think, 15. And it's, uh, you know, I moved him up from, I think 25. I redid uh, I redid the line uh, for that game and uh, bumped him up uh, significantly. That if, if he's if he's uh, you know moving around well and is not on the injury report uh, today, uh, in terms of being reduced, you know if he's still questionable, then 
I might be a little bit worried about his mobility, uh, but he plays a lot better at home. Um, he averages uh, 41 yards rushing at home, uh, 6.9. Uh, actually, it's uh, 188 yards. Um, sorry, I'm doing a little bit of math here. 7.03 uh, yards per attempt at home in his last 14 home games um, and doesn't throw many interceptions. So, you know, with 1.3 touchdowns at home versus 0.85 pass touchdowns on the road. Uh, so he's just, he just plays a little bit better at home and this is not a bad matchup against the the Dolphins who, you know, prior to looking like all-stars against the, the Patriots, uh, you know, were a good matchup for, for offenses. And I think this might be a letdown game, uh, for the Dolphins having to travel to uh, Buffalo. The one thing I'm worried about is the, is the weather there, but it looks like, uh, there's going to be a snowstorm that hits tonight and then it's going to hold off until Sunday night. So they should have pretty good weather there on Sunday. Fantasy owners are kind of in a tough spot with the Detroit Lions running back situation. The Lions play on Saturday afternoon against the Bears. Amir Abdullah wasn't listed on the final injury report for Week 15. So what's your best guess on Theo Riddick's usage, uh, Amir Abdullah's usage? Who would you play in uh, of these two two backs? Do you trust Theo Riddick enough even with Amir Abdullah back? Yeah, it seems like the the Lions are souring on Abdullah a little bit, but he was questionable last week with the neck injury and ended up being inactive, and that allowed Riddick to have the big day. So really, we don't know what they're going to do uh, in terms of splitting up these touches uh, this week. Uh, so, you know, Riddick was shaping up to be a nice a nice start, uh, but with with Abdullah back, you, you have to you know really cap Riddick's uh, upside, and he has a a lower floor as well because you just might not see might not see much work. Joe, Max, uh, Joe Mixon, excuse me, returned to practice on Thursday. He was officially limited. It doesn't mean that he's going to play on Sunday when the Bengals take on the Vikings. Gio Bernard was also limited Thursday because he's dealing with the knee situation. So what do you do if you are um, a Joe Mixon owner and or a Gio Bernard owner for Sunday? Uh, I, I'm a little concerned about Mixon's status. I think that he still is not out of the woods yet. I, I get a little worried when the, the player who's coming off of the concussion is unable to practice on Wednesday. You know, even if they come back on Thursday, that means that they weren't ready to go on Wednesday and that, that they're very, you know, they're still working their way through the concussion protocol. So we should know more today. We should know more tomorrow. Uh, if he's out, I like Gio Bernard again as a volume play, even though the matchup's not great. Uh, Bernard uh, posted a very nice PPR game last last week and had some yardage as well. So uh, if he's back, then if Mixon's back, then you know Bernard goes back to being a ranked in the 50s and Mixon's uh, probably ranked in the 20s uh, this week against uh, you know a tough a tough uh, Vikings defense. And the reason I wouldn't have Mixon ranked where I have Bernard ranked is because uh, Bernard doesn't really have anybody eating into his workload, whereas Mixon would have Bernard eating into his workload. Damien Williams returned to a, li- a limited practice session on Thursday. I wouldn't think that this would impact fantasy owners who have Kenyon Drake, who had 334 yards from scrimmage over his last two games. Uh, is is Kenyon Drake at RB1 this week? I, I would get a little bit worried if Williams is active. I mean, I think Drake is still a pretty good play, an RB1 type play, but I don't know if I'd feel as comfortable. I think I have him at five or six in standard formats. I mean, it's a really nice play against the the bills who are very bad against the run. Uh, I get a little bit worried when this, you know, Williams was starting and, you know, ahead of Drake uh, prior to his injury. And I, I wonder it's like, if this is going to be like the Doug Martin situation where uh, Peyton Barber 
plays very well with Martin out and then Martin comes back as resumes his role as a starter. You know, I think if, if Williams is back, he's going to have a role and that's going to eat into uh, Drake's uh, touches. So he's not as dependable as he would be if, if Williams is out. Tevin Coleman remains in the concussion protocol, according to Falcons head coach Dan Quinn. This doesn't impact Devontae Freeman owners. You're going to play him no matter what. But Coleman, I saw that you had him ranked, I, th- I think, 34, and you had him ranked 31 earlier in the week. Should owners just avoid Tevin Coleman if, even if he does play? Well, it's uh, it's has a lot to do with what time he plays. Um, the, I'm looking right now, Atlanta. They're on Monday night. They're Monday night game. So that makes it really dicey to wait on uh, Coleman uh, unless he's cleared Saturday or Sunday morning and is expected to play. But I mean, I think from a DFS standpoint, uh, you definitely have to look at Devonta Freeman if, if Coleman's out, because that's going to be an extra eight to 10 touches that Freeman's likely to get, uh, or maybe six to eight with uh, the the other backup there, um, getting a, just getting a handful of, of touches against uh against the Bucks, Leonard Fournette remains sidelined at practice on Friday with a quad injury. Where's your concern level about his status on Sunday? I'm pretty concerned at this point. I mean, usually if a player doesn't practice all three days, they end up sitting out. We'll see what his injury designation is. Uh, they may just be wanting to give him as much rest as possible before the, uh, before the game on, on Sunday. But, um, you know, looking at week seven and week nine, uh, which were the two games that Fournette missed, Chris Ivory saw 37 carries for 117 yards. That's 3.16 yards per carry. He saw one touchdown. Uh, he saw uh, three catches for 34 yards. And then you look at uh, TJ Yeldon. Uh, he had 20 carries for 163 yards. Remember, he had a big long run uh, against the Colts. Uh, so he averaged 8.15 yards per carry. Uh, had one touchdown as well on that run. He had four catches for 26 yards. So I uh, even after Yeldon played really well against the Colts, uh, Ivory came back and, and led the team. He had 20 carries. I think he had three catches uh, in the game after the bye uh, with Fournette still out and Yeldon coming off the big game. So Ivory still led the backfield in in touches. So I would expect that to continue. If Fournette is out, you see a, you know these two would probably split the work, but with Ivory getting about 60% of the touches and Yeldon getting about 40%. Adrian Peterson it was placed on injured reserve with a neck injury that effectively ended his season. What's Kerwin Williams' upside from here on out? Uh, he's got a pretty good matchup this week. Uh, he doesn't add a whole lot in the in the, in the passing game, so uh, his floor is lower than some other running backs that actually can help in the in the passing game if if the running game's not going well. But he's a decent start this week. Robbie Anderson is going to be affected with a quarterback change for the New York Jets. Um, Josh McCown is out. Bryce Petty is in. Would you avoid Robbie Anderson? I, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think it's a fantastic matchup against the Saints. And, you know, I'm worried about the uh, the quarterback change. But if you look at what Petty and Anderson did together last year, uh, Petty targeted Anderson on 26% of his pass attempts. Anderson accounted for 39% of Petty's yards and uh, two-thirds of his touchdowns. Uh, Petty averaged 8.91 yards per attempt when targeting Anderson and just uh, 4.96 yards per attempt when targeting all other receivers last year. So uh, I would still roll him out there as a, like a wide receiver three. I wouldn't feel as confident as I would if McCown is under center, but he's not. He's definitely not like a must bench at this point. DeAndre Hopkins didn't practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a toe injury. Any concern that uh, the wide receiver one does not play on Sunday 
when the Texans visit Jacksonville. And, and what do you think about the matchup with, with Jacksonville's tough defense? Yeah, this is a you need to downgrade Hopkins a little bit, but uh, he gets so many targets that it tends to offset whatever matchup uh, he has. So he's almost matchup proof. Uh, the toe is a little bit worrisome, so we'll see what he's able to do today. Uh, this is a. I just wanted to talk about Hopkins a little bit in the in the frame of a midweek downgrade because when they come up with a new injury uh, on on a Thursday uh, or even on a Wednesday, and and the player is limited instead of doing full practice. Uh, one of two things tends to happen. One, he doesn't practice at all on Friday, uh, or one, he comes back, or two, he comes back on Friday and, and practices fully or practices limited, uh, and then typically will play uh, on Sunday. So that's what we're looking for uh, from, from those players with the midweek downgrades. Sterling Shepard is still dealing with that hamstring injury. He was limited at practice on Thursday. He's been really quiet over the last couple of weeks. What do you th- what do you make of his uh, opportunity? Assuming he does play, what do you what do you make of his fantasy upside? Do you think he's a wide receiver three or four at this point? Uh, it's I think it's on that fringe. Uh, it's not a terrible matchup against the Eagles, uh, and you, you know they don't have a whole lot of pass catchers there for the Giants. So uh, you know I'm worried about his recent production. It's fifty like something yards over the last two games, uh, and now he's got the hamstring injury. So I'm not running out to try to start uh, Sterling Shepard right now. Juju Smith-Schuster was added to the Steelers' injury report on Thursday. He got in a limited session with a hamstring issue. Do you like him against the Patriots? You know, New England kind of got carved up by – not kind of, they did. They got carved up by Jay Cutler on Monday. But what do you make of Juju Smith-Schuster's injury? Yeah, and Jarvis Landry had a a really good game out of the slot. So that's you know, shapes up well for Smith-Schuster. If he can get healthy, again, I'm looking uh, at his practice activity today and his injury designation. I I have to downgrade him a little bit for the injury. You just don't like uh, players that are injured as much as uh, players that are not on the injury report at all. Mike Wallace was uh, able to return to practice on Friday. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. He did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday, but he's set to play against Cleveland. Wide receiver three or four this weekend? Yeah, he's been uh, pretty hot lately, uh, relatively speaking. Um, he's He has 48 yards and or a touchdown in five straight games. Um, he had five for 116 on eight targets against the Lions in week 13, three for 72 on five targets against the Steelers last week. Uh, you know, he, he has a, like a so-so matchup with uh, Jason McCourty, but McCourty, um, has given up five for 66 to AJ Green, six for 83 and a touchdown to Keenan Allen and five catches for 45 yards and two touchdowns to Devontae Adams last week. So it's not like, uh, McCourty's playing shutdown ball right now. Wallace is the hottest, uh, pass receiver, uh, in, um, in the Baltimore passing game right now. So uh, he's not a bad play against the, against the Browns. Before going down with that shoulder injury, Robert Woods was uh, a monster for fantasy owners. Anybody that picked him up uh, loved it because he was just, uh, he was destroying teams for a while there, but then he suffered the shoulder injury. He's back. He's back against Seattle. Seattle is severely banged up. It's looking like it's probably going to be a low-scoring game between the Rams and the Seahawks. Would you put Robert Woods back in your lineup this week? Yeah, Woods was, uh, you know, getting ranked in the teens uh, by the time he was done. Uh, by the time he got injured, he was the number eleven fantasy receiver when he got injured. Uh, so people forget that he's hit some waiver wires because you know Woods, Robert Woods, is not like a high fantasy commodity, or his name doesn't carry the same kind of weight that maybe a Des, Des Bryant would if he hit the waiver wire or people were thinking about cutting him. Uh, but, you know, number 11, as he uh, left in week 11, um, his early season production uh, is great. And then his matchup with Byron Maxwell 
uh, is also good. So uh, I think he's more of a sneaky start, like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type. But if his prices are low at DFS, maybe run him out there. Uh, you know, but this is a an offense that sort of spreads the ball around. And I wonder uh, if he's going to see the same sort of uh, workload in his first game back. This is an interesting situation. So Cameron Bray played 25 of 71 snaps in week 14 against the Lions. Now, he did have two touchdowns, but he only played in 35% of the snaps. And he was actually out-snapped by rookie O.J. Howard, 111-57 to 57 the last two games. Do you like either of these tight ends? Do you, do you say just stay away from both, or do you think Howard's worth uh, streaming? Well, it was, it was a little strange. I mean, Winston came back uh, against the Packers, and that's where Braid had his two touchdowns. And then the following week, he had one target on 35% of the snaps against Detroit, which was a great matchup for tight ends. And then Howard, meanwhile, uh, catches four passes for 54 yards and touchdown on six targets, playing 79% of the snaps, which was a season high for him. So – I, I have Howard ranked ahead of Brait now uh, just due to the playing time continuing to drop for Brait. Uh, he's got the hip injury as well. He's been limited in practice uh, this week. So I think Howard is the better play. And he has, uh, you know, a so-so matchup, a not good matchup, I guess, against the against the Falcons. But uh, we know that um, James Winston likes to target his tight end quite a bit. And uh, I think uh, Howard is the best bet of those two. Kyle Rudolph was seen walking around in a walking boot after that loss to the the Panthers last week. He didn't practice on Wednesday. The Vikings also also placed Blake Bell on injured reserve with with a shoulder injury, so he's done for the year. I mean, Kyle Carter, I guess, is the the next guy up for for the Minnesota Vikings. Would you just avoid the tight end position for Minnesota this week? Yeah, for Minnesota, I would just uh, mainly make sure that if I had Rudolph, we'll see what he does today if he comes back or if he's not active or limited and is questionable. Then you have to get a um, you got to get a plan B ready. Uh, Minnesota plays the early round of games on Sunday, so you have to have uh, be on your toes if you want to wait and, and, and maybe pick up somebody. Um, but you know, I would say Rudolph is iffy right now, and it's a really good good matchup against uh, the Bengals, who just uh, decimated on defense. So if he's out there, I would I would I would play him. Three more tight ends: Jimmy Graham, Sackers, Hunter Henry. They're all on the on the injury report this week. Any issues with them this week? Do you think they're going to play? I think they're all I think they're all going to be active, and they're all going to play. So uh, I'll, I have them all in my top uh, top six right now. All right, let's get to some sneaky starts for Week 15. You mentioned Trevor Simeon last night. Unfortunately, he got hurt. That's not your fault, as you noticed. Uh, as you noted, Brock Osweiler came in and, and played really well, so that wound up being a, a good sneaky start. It's just bad luck. How about Case Keenum and Blake Bortles as your other two quarterback options? Yeah, in my defense, I had I just I just listed Trevor Simeon amongst seven guys in, the, in a paragraph below the sneaky start. So I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I wasn't too heartbroken about that. But uh, Case Keenum, uh, it does feel. A little strange to, to recommend to start him in the uh, fantasy playoffs in a must-win game for a lot of folks, but uh, I love this matchup against Cincinnati. They just they, they've I don't know the status of I have to look at the status of their two cornerbacks. Uh, I know Vantes Perfect is out. They were just getting uh, crushed last week uh, against the Bears. Uh, so I think Keenum's going to have a great game. Uh, I might roll out a stack of Keenum, Diggs, and uh, Thielen if especially if Rudolph is out uh, in DFS. But um, he has Keenum has at least two touchdowns in five of his last six games. The matchup is great. He's the number five fantasy quarterback since week eight. So he's got a long stretch here where he's played really good fantasy football. And 
I think he's a, I think he's a real solid start this week. A couple of running backs, Latavis Murray and Kerwin Williams. We talked about Kerwin Williams a little bit earlier with Adrian Peterson being placed on IR. You also like Murray. He's got a nice matchup against Cincinnati. Yeah, you might have asked about Blair Bortles in the last question, too. Uh, oh, I, I just want to touch yeah. on him. Um, he has two touchdowns in his last three games, uh, four passing, two, two rushing. Uh, and he's got a great matchup against the uh, Texans. And then Bortles is running the ball a little bit more, 145 rushing yards in his last six games, and that raises his floor. Uh, Latavius Murray, I think, is a, a borderline RB1 start this week, given the, the matchup against the Bengals. Uh, they got just shellacked in the running game last week by Jordan Howard and Treat Cohen. So I think Murray and even Jarek McKinnon uh, are sneaky starts this week. Uh, you know, even though Murray didn't do a whole lot last week against uh, the Panthers, I think he bounces back in a big way against the Bengals if these injuries uh, remain for the Bengals. Um, and uh, Kerwin, we, we talked about him a little bit earlier. He's a he has 36 carries in his last two games. Um, the uh, the Redskins have given up 4.99 yards per carry to running backs in the last four weeks. So it's a pretty good match uh, matchup, but the, the Cardinals need to keep it close in order to keep him involved because if, he, if they fall behind and have to throw the ball, he's not as involved. Let's talk about some wide receivers. We'll start off with D.D. Westbrook. He's emerged recently for Jacksonville, and Blake Bortles is playing great. I mean, it, it, we always want to bury the Jaguars because of Blake Bortles, but, John, he's played well the, over the last couple of weeks, and Westbrook seemingly has emerged as uh, one of his favorite targets. Yeah, the Texans are 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. Uh, Westbrook has, uh, you know, caught a touchdown last week. He's seen 33 targets in his, uh, in his only four games this year. Uh, five for 81 and a touchdown on eight targets last week against Seattle. Uh, so this is a, you know, a favorable matchup for him, and he's really coming on. This is the the preseason hype for him. Uh, he was he made a lot of uh, catches in the preseason. A lot of hype was going on, and uh, now he's capitalizing on that with uh, Allen Robinson out, Allen Hearns out. Uh, you know, Westbrook and uh, Marquise Lee are the main, the two main receivers there for the Jag- Jaguars. And I think he's pretty trustworthy this week, given the matchup. I see you list Randall Cobb. Has this got everything to do with the return of Aaron Rodgers? It has a lot to do with it. The passing offense should take a big step forward. Um, Cobb has a nice matchup with Captain Munnerlin in the slot. Uh, so I like that. Cobb's been playing a little bit better the, the last few weeks as well and uh you know i think this is a a game where the packers are gonna have to throw the ball more than they probably want to with the, the quarterback coming back because they're gonna have a tough time running the ball on the on the panthers and i think uh they could use the the, the short passing game as an extension of the running game a little bit and that, that would uh, favor cop and one tight end actually two tight ends and then we'll get to some defensive streaming options how about garrett Selleck for the 49ers yeah last week he had uh he caught two passes from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo over 67 yards uh, and a touchdown. Uh, he's four, four targets in each of the last two games. So he's playing a lot. He's involved. He's got a good quarterback. The Titans are 22nd in just fantasy points allowed to tight ends. This is more of a, you know, run them out there if you need them. If, you know, if Kyle Rudolph is out uh, type of a play or maybe in DFS, he's very, very cheap. Uh, you can run him out there. And the other guy, I'll just go ahead and get into him, Adam Shaheen. Uh, his snaps really are all over the places. He's less trustworthy, I think, in terms of his playing time, but he's playing the, the Lions, who are 32nd in just the fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Um, and, uh, you know, he's enjoying uh, some decent uh, targets and, and, uh, and usage in the, in the Chicago passing game. He's got four catches for 44 yards and a touchdown uh, against those Bengals that beat up Bengals last week. So, um, you know, given the matchup against the Lions, I think he's a decent uh, dart throw as well. 
All right, and then some defensive streaming options that you like this week. I feel like there's a handful of teams that would be trustworthy fantasy starts for owners that like to stream stream their defensive options. Yeah, I think my favorite is the Saints, but they're uh, you know they're only out there in 30, 30 percent of the waiver wires uh, over at ESPN. So I don't know how available they are. That they've got Bryce Petty at home. Uh, that's a that's a great matchup, and a, they're my number one defense this, this week. Uh, I moved the Titans up today. I was looking at their uh, the pressure that they're getting on the quarterback. They have 20 sacks in their last three games, uh, eight against Indianapolis, um, four against Houston, and another eight against uh, Arizona. And uh, San Francisco uh, is not a great – I would say they're a great matchup with Jimmy Garoppolo under center versus uh, uh, Beathard, but, um, you know, they don't protect the passer particularly well looking at football outsiders adjusted uh, their, their pass protection for the offensive lines, their metrics. Um, so this is a spot where the Titans that's very, they're very hot right now um, uh, rushing the passer. Um, this is a spot where they could uh, post some fantasy points, I think for you. I know you got some other uh, fantasy options too, defensively, John, let's talk about the Redskins, the, the Arizona Cardinals won last week, but they, they didn't score many points and they haven't been a great road team this year. Yeah, typically when I'm trying to stream mediocre defenses, I'm looking for uh, bad quarterbacks, at, and, you know, and the, and the defense playing at home. And the the next three, I'll just run through them: Redskins versus the versus Blaine uh, Gabbert at home. Uh, that's a good matchup. As I mentioned, Gabbert got sacked eight times last week, so the Redskins should be able to get home a few times on him. The Lions at home against Mitchell Trubisky uh, in a game that they must win. Uh, that's not a bad. Uh, play either and then the bills uh at home against uh, jay cutler and the dolphins coming off of uh, a big win over the new england uh, patriots maybe they have a uh a letdown uh, up in buffalo the bills aren't particularly good at rushing the passer but uh jay cutler's known uh for his turnovers and finally your falcons at tampa with speaking of turnovers Jameis winston likes to throw the ball up in the air a few times uh obviously the falcons are very motivated to win this game the bucks are maybe just motivated to try to stick it to the falcons um, but uh, the, the Falcons are, are decent uh, fantasy defense as well. I don't like this game as much because it's on the road, uh, but this is not a bad spot either given the propensity for, for James Winston to turn the ball over. And Atlanta has played well defensively of late. They, they, they're not a turnover-producing machine, but last week you saw Deion Jones uh, making the big interception against Drew Brees. They're starting to play better. They, they really resemble the team that they were a year ago defensively where things really started to click for them in December. So I like that play as well. And as you mentioned, Jameis Winston's just a turnover machine. That'll do it for our podcast. Good luck to you this weekend. If you're playing in your fantasy playoffs, we'll talk to you again on Monday. We'll break it all down for you. Uh, you can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me at Anthony Stalter. Until then, we'll see you on Monday. Good luck to you. Get the rap up. Get the rap up.